York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. The theme song for all of our listeners, many of whom have decided that's it. Can't take it no more. I'm putting the for sale sign up. I'm packing my bags. I'm getting the Allied van lines. And I'm getting the hell out of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania. And going south of the Mason-Dixon line to Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, and most importantly, Florida. Because they're on their feet, they're moving quickly in all the overnight broadcasting that I do on the weekends when uh, WABC, the acronym stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis. Remember, by the time I finish tonight and pass off the 50,000 powerful watts of sound to Dominic Carter after we do the animal welfare update with my wife Nancy from 11 to 12, I will have been on five separate programs all weekend long. And there's been one thread... That is constant. People calling up because this is call-driven. I don't have guests. No, 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 no. Who wants to interview a guest? Come on. Guests. It's like dealing with a politician, right? You think they're going to tell you the truth? Guest tells you what they want you to know. Uh, They never break uh, ranks. I'd much rather talk to you, the people, and in talking to the people, our listeners, all weekend long, it was clear that you were... Heeding the call of DeSantis, Governor DeSantis in Florida, because even though prices have skyrocketed in Florida for housing, for rentals, for leases, doesn't matter. You've decided the quality of life in New York, New Jersey sucks. The taxes keep going up. Your quality of life has no hope in the future of getting better. And if you're dependent on public school education for your kids or your grandchildren, uh, psych. You pay your property taxes, which subsidizes public education for the most part. And what are you getting in return? So you've decided you're going to pound the hound in reverse. The illegals, underlay, underlay, underlay. They're being told, come to Nueva York where everything is free. Well, guess what? You're going to have to pay for it until you decided. If I had to pay for some of it, I'm going to do it from south of the Mason-Dixon line where at least I have some equity. I have some space. I have a quality of life. I have a future. Whereas here, it's almost like, depending on where you live, a couple apocalypse now. Now, this is the theme song that I am going to continue to utilize as people continue to trek out of our beloved city and out of our tri-state area. Fond memories are with them, I might add. Everybody shares with me how they were birthed, how they were raised, how this was the greatest place to be at one time but how it has slipped into the abyss. And even though I have decided to plant my stake, improve, don't move, I will fight for what I know is right, I understand how a lot of you, you just can't. You have responsibilities other than what I have. You have multiple children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. You have businesses. You have careers that are dependent on being able to get in front of a microphone and be able to spew whatever is on your mind, and you get paid to do it. Oh, yeah, they call this hard work. Oh, all my colleagues are working so hard, 
so hot. This is a miracle. It is a miracle. Guess what? I get to say whatever's on my mind, and they pay me for it. This is the American... Oh, I work so hard. No, you don't. Anybody in talk radio, let me tell you something. Many of you, you had tough jobs before. You were packing shelves at a supermarket. You were pumping gas. You were really doing manual labor, maybe very briefly. But you know what it's like to be out there in the heat, the spitz, to work eight hours and then be told by your boss, well, guess what? I need you for another two or four more. That's hard work. That's the kind of work that many of our listeners do. And we're dependent on them. Hey, Pete, do me a solid before I choke out here. Give me some water. Pete is too busy looking at his iPhone and cell phone, sexting, texting, like all these millennials and hipsters. He sees me gagging here, right? Don't give me CPR. I don't want any of your lips from you hipsters or millennials on me. If all of a sudden I croak, I go down for the count, and you say, oh, I learned CPR in high school. Let me die in peace. All I want is a glass of L'Aqua Fresh. Now, I realize there are drought restrictions all over the place, so Pete is probably going to go on a voyage. He's going to say, oh, I need imported Norwegian bottled water. No! Open up the freaking tap and get me a glass of water. Look at this guy. He's on a freaking voice. Oh, water, water. L'Aqua Fresh. Go, oh, man. What do you think? I'm like a Trendoid freaking soy jet setter? I need a bottled imported water? Madanamai. What a generation. Now, we're going to talk about you and your college loans coming up in the next hour. Wait till you hear my conclusions. Because remember, I'm a high school dropout. The Jesuits at Brooklyn Prep in my senior year decided to shine their boots on my backside. They kicked me to the curb, and I never looked back. And I worked a series of jobs that I hated, I loathed, I despised. That was work. Talk radio, that's not work. That's a miracle. And a few of us are chosen and given the opportunity to do this, in this case by John Katzmatidis, Margot Katzmatidis of Red Apple Media, as we approach our 100th anniversary. And all I hear is moaning and groaning. Oh, so tough in these air-conditioned facilities. I get to uh, go onto the computer and browse. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure all of you guys and gals are working hard here, hitting your social accounts, sexting, texting. Oh, like uh, I'm growing particles on my backside. Get out of here. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But what makes this program different than any others is that I got my finger on the pulse of everything going on in the tri-state area. I'm not just ripping and reading, reporting on what's going on. Oftentimes, I have boots on the ground. If I'm not making news myself, let me give you an update. Guess who's in town? Beep, 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 beep. DeSantis, beep, 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 beep. That's right, the evil one, according to the Democrats. The person who has replaced Donald Trump as public enemy number one to the Democrats. In fact, when you listen to Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, and oh man, she is full of nonsense, that's why I call her Holcomb. She was ranting and raving the other night as she was at the victory campaign of County Executive Ryan, who took out Molinaro in a very close election, sort of a pretense of what we can expect in the midterm elections on November 8th. And she had eyes only for DeSantis by saying to all of us, five and a half million Republicans in New York State, pack your bags and go to Florida the fate of democracy in this country. That's what we're fighting for, my friends. We are fighting for democracy. 
We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Yeah, get out of town. Because you, re- you don't represent our values. The hell are your values, lady? Other than taking our tax dollars and spending it for illegal aliens. I tell you what, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, why didn't you just say, I'll take the Greyhound bus that Governor Abbott is sending every day, five or six to the Port Authority with the illegal aliens, and then you guys who don't want to be here anymore, who want to go to Florida, we'll put you on that same Greyhound. Greyhound, you can pound the hound right down the old tobacco highway, old Dixie Highway, right into Florida itself. And guess what? Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, at this point, uh, a lot of New Yorkers may take you up on that. The uh, life expectancy rate of New York State residents is the worst in the nation. I would have thought it was Arkansas, you know, West Virginia, the three-eyed cousin fornicators in their trailer park camps, you know, uh, the Ozarks, the Adirondacks, the, the hillbilly areas where they're popping oxys 24-7-365 and washing it down with cheap bourbon. No! No, the life expectancy rate is worse in New York. Taxes are the highest in New York. And, yeah, and yes, we have the no-cash bail in which we're the only state out of 50 states that won't let judges make decisions. I thought that's why they earned the right to wear black regal robes. I was told as a young whippersnapper, those judges, they've gone through law school. They've studied hard. They've gone to graduate school. They're learned men, learned women. We find out they're idiots. They are intellectually stupid. Guy comes in, he just slits somebody's throat. You know, you're a product of your environment. Let's let's try restorative justice. Maybe you'll apologize to your victim while he's recovering in the ICU. You whisper in his ear, I should have slit it harder so you could have bled out right in front of me. And now we'll let you go back out and do it again. Oh, and this earns them the right to wear black regal robes. Look at their parchments. Oh, they graduated from St. John's Law School, just like Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo did. Yeah, you see what I mean? Oh, they graduated from Columbia Law School, NYU Law School. Oh, they're genius. They're wonderful. They're the one percenters. They're the best like the rest. They're freaking destroying our country. By the way, they're all on the United States Supreme Court now, except for one justice chosen from uh, Notre Dame. Other than that, what's the pedigree? You have to go to an Ivy League school and an Ivy League law school. Wow, they've done an extraordinarily great job in destroying our country. Because they're devoid of common sense. They're intellectually stupid. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Governor DeSantis, who represents Freedom Land in Florida, is up in Oyster Bay. He's going to be hosting a fundraiser for Congressman Lee Zeldin and his running mate, uh, deputy, his lieutenant governor candidate, uh, Esposito, who was the deputy inspector of the 70th Precinct before she turned in her badge and gun and decided to assist uh, Zeldin on his attempt to take back New York from the criminals and from Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. So hopefully, if you're in that area, you've uh, been invited to that fundraiser, and you're going to give Zeldin the badly needed money he has to have to take back New York State, to take back the governor's office. She's got a war chest of $17 million, Zeldin only two. 
He's got a long way to go. I know he's got a uh, upcoming fundraiser at Bedminster in New Jersey, the Trump Estate there and golf course. Hopefully people can loosen up their wallets and their purses because this is a war. This is a war to save our state. There's no other choice, ladies and gentlemen. But I look beyond the fact that Zeldin is a Republican and a conservative candidate. He is the only person who's talking about bringing us back to civility, bringing back a quality of life, bringing back law and order. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then remember, this harkens me back to when Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo was high in the saddle. Talk about dictators. My God, he operated this state as if he were... The head of an organized crime family, which he is, the Cuomo crime family. As you know, there's the Genovese, the Gambinos, the Columbos, the Lucchese's, and the Bananos, and, of course, the Cuomo crime family. And Andrew Evilized Cuomo, years ago, 10 years ago, almost to the day, said exactly word for word what Kathy Crime Wave Hochul told all five and a half million Republicans the other day, which is to pack your bags and leave New York State. Listen. To Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo. Are they these extreme conservatives who are right to life, a poor assault weapon, anti-gay? Is that who they are? Because if that's who they are, and if they are the extreme conservatives, they have no place in the state of New York. So this- because that's not who New Yorkers are. Now, let me get this right. Uh, so uh, if you're an illegal alien... You have a right to be here in New York State. You could be a communist. You could be a socialist. You could be MS-13, 18th Street. You could be Trinitario. You have a place in New York State where everything is free. We pay the, the freight for you. But God forbid if you happen to be a Republican or a conservative, pack your bags and leave. We're going to exile you like they did General Napoleon to the Isle of Elba. My God. And the Democrats actually believe that crap. As they drink their Kool-Aid and say, yeah, we got it like that. Tell you what, we'll divide the country. Everything south of the Mason-Dixon line will be red. Everything north of the Mason-Dixon line will be blue. And it'll be back to the Civil War as it was when Abraham Lincoln was president of the United States and preserved the Union. Except this will be a political war. Not necessarily a war with guns and bullets and Gatling guns and AR-15s and AK-47s and tanks and bazookas and heat-seeking missiles. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. And I tell you why DeSantis has the edge over uh, Governor Crime Wave Kathy Holcomb, who insists that New Yorkers should go down to Florida because he speaks very Trump-like without having the baggage of Trump Listen to what he said about Fauci when he announced the other day, cross my heart, hope to die, I will be retiring in December. Uh, nobody trusts you. Everybody thinks you're going to do a Tom Brady on us, that all of a sudden you're going to think twice and say, you know, tomato virus is upon us. Who would know better how to deal with the growing menace of tomato, tomato virus than an Italian-American who grew up in a home in Brooklyn, went to the intellectual establishment known as Regis High School, the Jesuit High School, and the Upper East Side, and remember the smell of the marinara sauce in the mornings on Sunday stirring it with the fried meatballs and then putting it on the spaghetti or the rigatoni, right? So I and I alone know about tomato virus. Not. I want you to listen to what Governor DeSantis had to say this past week about the announcement by Fauci that he was leaving. Nobody believes it. We can't wait. Don't let the door hit you from behind. But 
Hmm. DeSantis said exactly what most of us feel. And I'm just sick of seeing him. I know he says he's going to retire. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac. That's right, elf tossing. Is that is that politically correct? Can we have elf tossing? You know, you couldn't have midgets, pygmies, uh, shorties. Oh, shorties. Oh, by the way, uh, Eric Adams, the uh, swagger man with no plan, hasn't been seen in the city, by the way, this weekend. I have a feeling that he was up and at him on the weekend, probably out in the Hamptons, fundraising for, get this, a second run to be mayor to help destroy the city even more. Hasn't even gotten through eight months. The city is in worse shape than de Blasio left it after eight years of taking the Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to it. In eight months, he's worse. He's de Blasio 2.0. And this was his profound observation the other day at a press conference. I want you to listen. This is the mayor of the city of New York talking at a major press conference. I I would tell you I met a shorty there, but I can't say that on TV. (laughs) You know? But so, and you're right. What the hell does he mean by that? I met a shorty. Uh, is he talking about Goldmine Sachs, his friends on Wall Street, the hedge fund monsters who love to sell you stock and then short you from behind? So they take your money front end and then they screw you on the back end? Is that what he's talking about, shorting stock? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, guess what? The biggest problem Eric Adams has today is not all the crime. By the way, two dead, more wounded, and separate overnight shootings in the Bronx. You might as well wave the white flag, Eric Adams. The swagger man with no plan, and you're missing in action police commissioner Sewell, who, by the way, will be handing in her papers in October. It's a well-known <laughs> statement. She's had it. She can't do anything as police commissioner because you use her as a place setter. You don't let her say anything. You don't let her do anything. Everything's got to come to Eric Adams because he has a new position in New York City. It's not the crime Friday he promised to be. It's not the law and order mayor that so many of you got suckered in to voting for him. And don't lie. I know many of you did. You come up to me and you say, oh, I voted for you. Bullfeathers. No, you didn't. Because if you voted for me, I'd have been mayor of the city of New York. And we wouldn't have been in the mess that we're in right now. But here is Eric Adams, who is so proud that recently he was anointed. The hip-hop mayor amongst those... Those who promote more drive-bys, more carjackings, more drug selling, more hip-hop gangsterism in the streets of New York City. Oh, the hip-hop alumni. Don't disconnect this moment. That's right. First time in New York City history we have a hip-hop mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Dyslexic. Arrested, rejected, now I'm elected. Man, they don't know what they did. That's right. You see how he says, you stupid crackers out there, you don't know what you do. Man, you, 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 you're such suckers. And then on a day like this where crime is rising all over the city, They've risen and waved the white flag in the Bronx. Off-duty cops, on-duty cops aren't even safe from these marauders. What's the one thing that Mayor Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, the hip-hop mayor had to say 
He said, oh, my God, we want to find the persons responsible for desecrating the Biggie Smalls mural that was defaced in Brooklyn. Biggie is a hero to our community. I will not rest until we find the culprits. See, the problem is, Eric, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the statue is. Gandhi twice desecrated. Everybody knows nothing's going to happen. Biggie Smalls desecrated. George Floyd statue desecrated. Any statue could be desecrated. Next, it'll be Christopher Columbus statue in Columbus Circle right before the annual Christopher Columbus Parade that you didn't even march in last year, right? And did Italian-American organizations hold you responsible for that? No, because you got wine-dined and pocket-lined. Yeah, from them. You sell out Italian-American organizations. <laughs> yeah, 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 Christopher Columbus. Where was the mayor? He didn't march. He didn't march, huh? I remember because I was there. Well, it was Eric Adams. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. I like to be in America. Okay, by me in America. Everything free in America. For a small fee in America. Yes, everything is free. As we, the sucker taxpayers, have to do the heavy lifting. Eric Adams, uh, the swagger man with no plan, said he was going to speak to his uh, his very dear friend. He's anointed himself to Biden in Brooklyn, but he was going to get on the phone, man. He was going to tell the president of the United States, Papa Trullo, Joe Biden, who in the campaign against President Donald Trump said, Who's your daddy to all the illegals? Who's your daddy? Underlay, underlay. Come to America, and boy, have they nonstop through the border of Mexico into Texas, and Governor Abbott got the best of Eric Adams and of Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. In fact, more buses arrived earlier today, four of them at the Port Authority, four that I know of, maybe more. And now all of a sudden, very quietly, Eric Adams and Governor Holcomb are saying, no mas, no mas. They are appealing to officials in other states for help housing the illegals. Yeah, knock yourself out. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're supporting you, right? Now you're calling them up. Hey, can you take some in Boston? Can you take some in Philly? Can you take some in Chi-Town? Those illegals, they watch Telemundo. They know Univision. They say, are you crazy? It's more dangerous in the streets of, of Philadelphia and Chi-Town in New York City than it is back in El Salvador, in Honduras, in Guatemala, from MS-13 and 18th Street. In fact, that's why so many of them, when they get off of the Port Authority, they beg, they beseech the Adams officials and Catholic charities and Cardinal Dolan, please, if you're going to send me anywhere, don't send me to the Bronx. Don't send me to the Bronx. I'll probably get robbed, raped, beaten, left for dead, and there won't be any police in any response from City Hall. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. As the illegals pour in, now... We have subcontracted 14 more hotels to house these illegals, including, as you know, the original grand dame of all hotels in Broadway, in the Great White Way, the Milford Plaza, Forty nine fifty a day. And you get uh, champagne, you get breakfast and dinner at us, the sucker taxpayers' expense. We still don't know who's going to be paying for all of this. We've been told there will be Papa Chulo, country Uncle Joe Biden, but notice... 
even though he's back from his uh, extended vacation, he's out of the basement. He hasn't said, you know, something. You're doing a good job, Eric Adams, Biden of Brooklyn. You're doing a good job, Grandma, Kathy, Crime Wave, Holcomb. Nope. No dollars for us right now. We're carrying the full freight. I just say to all of you folks out there, who owns these 14 hotels that are going to be hiring the illegal aliens? Follow the money. They're, you better believe they're friends of Eric Adams, friends of Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, probably have made substantial donations in their name to help them in all their political endeavors, including dark money, including money to PACs which they don't have to account for. Follow the money. Follow the money. This is all about making money at our expense. And meantime, on Friday, the mayor didn't show up at City Hall. I guess he was into monkey business. No, 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 not monkeypox. But I'm wondering, what the hell is he doing with those two twin brothers from Turkmenistan, right? The Armenian brothers, the Pedrosians, who own that hotel, excuse me, that restaurant on West 52nd Street that he's here half the nights at 9 o'clock till 12 midnight, and then he goes to the Club Zero Bond downtown, the private club where whatever happens in the Club Zero Bond stays in the Club Zero Bond. Let's go to the phone zone. It's Jacqueline calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jacqueline. Questions for you because I was listening to your show this morning, um, and you were saying how Adams was MIA, and you had referenced the Hamptons, and you were also talking about Shorty, but you never confirmed with all of the people that called in on you know what he may have been referring to as a Shorty. So I'm curious about that. And the second thing, the way the conversation was going early this morning about that topic. I was surprised that you had suspected that perhaps he was in the Hamptons rather than in Fire Island on the down low. Um, the other question that I had was about Western Beef. I know you said they're going out of hold business. Hold on. Hold on. Before we go to Western Beef, uh, we got to focus on Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, as he dropped a bomb at his press conference on Friday. Let me play the cut and let me get your interpretation, Jacqueline. It was good that you were listening to me overnight. Because my whole goal in being here at WABC is to get people to listen morning, noon, and night. You're not, you're not going to sleep on me, not until the break of dawn. But listen to what Jacqueline is referring to. The mayor at a very serious press conference decided to break white, uh, ranks with the uh, McWhitey-Whitey uh, press corps. Had no idea what he was talking about. And then he dropped a bomb. I, I would tell you I met a shorty there, but I can't say that on TV. <laughs> But so, and you're right. Now, uh, you have to understand, Jacqueline, uh, most of those reporters are white. You know, they went to uh, prestigious colleges, universities. They have no idea what a shorty is, other than if their family was involved uh, in providing for them a blind trust for investment so they could survive. You know, where they go to Goldmine Sachs. Uh, Goldmine Sachs sells them stock, and then all of a sudden they short the same stock, so they screw you as a customer coming and going. What do you think the term shorty meant, Jacqueline? Well, I'm going to be honest. I cheated. I looked it up, and from everything that I was able to find, whether it was the Urban Dictionary or black slang terms, rap music, anything like that, Every one of them referred to just a woman. Only in one situation did I find that they said a, a sexually loose woman. But I couldn't find anything other than that. Well, now, your your standards and my standards uh, cannot equal the mayor of the city of New York because he has been anointed. 
the king, the leader of the degenerate hip-hop nation that believes in more drive-bys, more carjackings, more drug dealing, and more crime. Don't disconnect this moment. First time in New York City history, we have a hip-hop mayor. (laughs) Dyslexic, arrested, rejected, now I'm elected. They don't know what they did. They don't know what they do. See that crackers? Listen up. And you who are non-cognizante of the street. He's basically laughing at all of you. Saying, this is really who I am. And I sold you on a bill of goods that I would be the law and order mayor locking up these hip-hop monsters who promote more drive-bys, who promote more gang-banging, more drug-dealing, more chaos, more anarchy in not only their songs and their lyrics, but in keeping it real. And and most of you out there, you, you, oh, oh, what, what did he mean by that? What do I have to be, like the archaeologists in the sands of Egypt telling you what the hieroglyphics mean on the pyramids? It is so obvious to everybody. Eight months, and this city is in worse shape than it was when Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Bart Slope, uh, took a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to it. Now he has a fellowship at Harvard so that he can destroy a new generation of poly students at Harvard. Stay there. Don't come back. By the way, the big story of the day, and actually the mayor of the city of New York is too busy talking about this brazen attack against uh, Biggie Smalls Monument in Brooklyn. Biggie is a hero to our community. Hey, Biggie was slinging crack uh, when he was growing up to pregnant women. Yeah, he rapped about that. Meantime, his mother worked hard, sent him to Catholic schools. He went to Lachlan High School, the same high school that Rudy Giuliani went to, and decided to drop out. They didn't kick him out because he wanted to hang with Jay-Z and the other rappers at Westinghouse High School, the vocational high school in downtown Brooklyn. These are choices he made. He was a crack slinger to women. Women who were pregnant, who became crackheads, beaming themselves up to Scotty in the glass pipe. He rapped about it. He's a hero in the hood, huh? Eric Adams, a swagger man with no plan. A hip-hop man. Could I hear that one more time? Why, yeah, he now believes he's not our mayor. He's a hip-hop mayor. Don't disconnect this moment. That's right. First time in New York City history. We have a hip-hop mayor. (laughs) Dyslexic, arrested, rejected, now I'm elected. Man, they don't know what they do. They don't know what they do. You see that? Come on. You don't have to be street to understand what he's saying to you. You're all suckers. You're so, we call you soft suckers because you're so easy to take advantage of, especially the white hipsters coming in from Iowa where there are more pigs than people, Idaho where there are more potatoes than people. Oh, he seems like such a nice guy. He says he's, he, he's going to impose law and order. My quantum I, when? Who's he hanging out with? 
Let me break it down to all of you. The morale of our police department is at an all-time low. He issued a order through his uh, placebo police commissioner, Sewell, who he won't let do anything. By the way, she's out of here. She's turning in her papers in uh, October. She'll be out by January 1st. That's a guarantee. She can't do anything. And the orders were cops cannot congregate. They cannot congregate and they cannot be talking, you know, on corners and subway platforms. And they're not permitted to do that. How the hell do you enforce that, number one? Number two, soon there will be so few cops because of retirement, early retirement, and they're being uh, recruited to work for other police departments. There won't be enough cops to congregate anywhere. They'll be like, hey, Charlie, I guess it's just me and you tonight on the shift. (laughs) God, this guy is destroying the morale of the police department. You think he's got their backs? He's more concerned about Biggie Smalls' mural, a freaking mural. Then he is about cops being attacked off-duty, on-duty, in this game that has resurfaced called Knockout. We thought we had eliminated it in 2013, but now it's back with a vengeance because whether you're a man or a woman or a young adult, a thug or a thugette, you know you can come up behind somebody, sucker punch them right in their temple, knock them out, leave them there, nobody's going to get involved, snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. That's code of the streets. There's not enough cops to deal with it. Those that do respond are impotent. And the district attorneys like Alvin Bragg, turn him loose, Alvin Bragg, and Darcel, open up those jail cells in the Bronx and cut him loose, Clark, who's even worse than Alvin Bragg. She just flies under the radar screen. And Eric Gonzalez, best friend of Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. Eric Adams, the DA in Brooklyn, if you get busted, 9mm fully loaded, first offense, you don't go to jail. It's not even a consideration. You go to a diversion program. You go over to Red Hook, you sit on Friday for an hour, you're with a, you're with a intervention expert who tells you, yo, Raheem, man, you can't be carrying that nine, loading nine. Uh, man, well, next time, well, you're going to have to do time. Cross your heart, hope to die, you'll never do it again. Of course. Here's a slice of pizza and here's some Coca-Cola, not cocaine, which you would prefer, Coca-Cola at taxpayer's expense. Promise you won't do it again, Raheem. Radio Raheem. I won't do it, I promise. Then he walks out the door, his record is sealed, and Raheem goes back to the homies and says, man, they're a bunch of suckers. They know I got caught with my nine. By the way, got those fanny packs? You think them homeboys are carrying fanny packs because, you know, it's, you know, for bubble gum, bamboo, uh, nickel or dime back? That's for their nine millimeters. Let the cops go back out and do stop and frisk. I see a homie. I see a thug or a thugette with a fanny pack nowadays, 2022, guaranteed they're loaded. They're loaded, and they're ready to go shoot some, uh, not big game, shoot anybody they can, friend or foe. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Let's not get nervous. This is not the anthem of all the illegal aliens pounding the hound. Courtesy of Governor Abbott of Texas coming to Nueva York. No, 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 no. Bad Bunny's one of ours. Puerto Riqueño Boricua. That means he was birthed an American. 
on the island, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. And, in fact, he's becoming a big-time movie star now. And he's got a concert coming up in Janky Stadium, in which they've already sold out. Janky Stadium. Oh, gosh. So, look, look, come on. Everybody out there, understand that you have Puerto Ricans. They're us. They're no different than uh, amigos, Americano amigos. They fought in war, bled and died in war. They're as American as anybody else. And I know for a lot of you, you say, yeah, but what's that flag that they fly? That flag is different than our flag. Hey, wait a second. I go to Columbus Day Parade. You're flying Italian flags, right? Go to the Irish Parade. You're half in the bag. You're flying the Irish flag. And then all of a sudden, somebody tells you, hey, that's the Italian flag. Huh? And you say, oh, there are some similarities, but I'm so half in the bag before noon for the St. Patrick's Day Parade that I can't tell the difference. So I don't want to hear this. I go to all the ethnic parades. Eh, they're flying the flags, right, of their country of origin. As my grandfather, Fidel Mianchino, told me years and years ago, he was from Bari, he couldn't read, couldn't write, was a ditch digger. He said, we don't fly any Italian flags in this house. Hey, you love Italy? You can go back there. I'm sure there will be ten Italians there ready to take your place. There's only one flag in this household, the American flag. Likewise, my Polish grandfather in Chicago, Anton, who actually fought in World War I uh, for the United States, my grandfather, Fidel Bianchino, fought with Italy, our ally, claimed that he was an English interpreter. Couldn't speak a word of English because he didn't want to face the Germans, the Hungarians, and the Austrians in the Alps. And then all of a sudden, he was uh, elevated to Corporal, Corporal Bianchino. The English were coming. So the captain said, Corporal Bianchino, we need an interpreter. My grandfather couldn't speak a word of English. He hid in the latrine. You know what it's like to hide in the latrine with all the flotsam and jetsam? Ha! He couldn't speak. It's worse. But where's Corporal Bianchino? He fled. Well, they would have shot him right there on the spot because the Italian army was no match for the Germans, the Hungarians, and the Austrians in World War One. They were our allies then, not in World War Two. My grandfather hated Benito Mussolini, hated him. He said, what do you think I came to America for? Uh, if Italy was so good, you think I would have left with your mother in the belly of your grandmother, Nicoletta, the only one to be born in America, Francesca? The other 12 embody Italy. By the way, had to have a sponsor. That's right, had to have a sponsor. Interesting, at the uh, Brighton Jubilee earlier today, again, the sea of Russians and Ukrainians parted like the Red Sea for Moses escaping Yul Brenner and the Egyptians and the Pharaoh. But uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin was in the House running for governor. Oh, the choice of the Russian and Ukrainian-American community at the Brighton Beach Jubilee. He's on his way to his fundraiser where the host... We'll be Governor DeSantis out in Oyster Bay. So he's rolling, rolling to take out Governor Crime Wave Holcomb. But it was interesting. They had tables set up at the Brighton uh, Beach Jubilee in which big signs in Russian, Ukrainian, and English, we need sponsors. We need sponsors because there will be 10,000 Ukrainian war refugees that we will be accepting into New York City. The only caveat, they have to have a sponsor. Now... I don't quite understand that. They come from the Ukraine. Clearly, you could say they need asylum, right? <laughs> I mean, Putin is trying to flatten them into speed bumps with those T-2 tanks and missiles. You could uh, understand why they would want to come to the United States as war refugees. 
But if you come from south of the border into America and you just say, asylum, okay, here's your easy pass. Where do you want to go? Get lost for a year. Show up in immigration court. Yeah, sure, I'll show up. And you just sort of filter into America. And by the way, you don't need a sponsor. So why do Ukrainians need a sponsor? But those from Mexico, El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, whether they're from Nigeria, whether they're from the Ivory Coast, whether they're from anywhere in the world, the mainland, China, Macau, Hong Kong, how come they don't need sponsors, huh? If they come from the southern border. But if you come the normal route, you've got to have a sponsor. Hey, they just had a swearing-in ceremony the other day at City Hall. Eric Adams was standing there, styling and profiling. Everybody was, you know, taking uh, their oath of allegiance to the United States. They had studied hard, tried to take the test that they have to take to become a citizen. Most Americans born and raised here would fail it. Oh, it's okay for them to have to go the whole nine yards. But everybody else gets an easy pass. So that means they had door, door number one, two, and three. It's Monty Hall. Let's make a deal. Door number one, you're an illegal alien coming from south of the border. You know nothing. You don't have to give papers. You just say asylum. That's it. That's your entry. Hey, Papa Chulo. Papa Chulo Biden. He told me he's my daddy. Okay, let him on in. You happen to be a Ukrainian, you have to have a sponsor. If you want to become a real American, you know, a citizen of America, other people study, they work hard, they spend time here before they take the test to become a citizen. But for those who come in on the easy pass, it's like instant jello pudding Popeye American uh, citizens soon to be uh, actually casting votes, even though they're illegals. I guarantee you that's one of the methods of the Democrats is they want them to be able to vote, even though they may not even have a green card or a visa card. That's the next step. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's see if we can go to Mark, who's calling from Bayshore. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mark. Curtis, Curtis, Mark from Bayshore. How are you, buddy? I met you at the Dominican parade. You remember me? Uh, oh, yeah, like it was yesterday, Mark. You, you think I'm a politician, I'm going to lie to you. Oh, I've been thinking about you, well, Mark, well, ever since the Dominican Day I parade. Gonna, I told you I was going to bring my parade that day. I forgot. Whatever it is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, 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 hold on. So you told me you were going to bring your beret that day, but you forgot your beret. So I'm supposed to remember you. I actually thought they were going to get mad at me, Curtis. I thought they were going to get mad at me. I'm mad at you right now. for. Oh, remember me? Remember me? No, I don't. Uh, Anyway, brother, listen, you know I'm your biggest fan. Wait a second. Whoa, 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 hold on. Now you're calling me brother, right? I don't know you, Mark. You're not my brother. What, what oh, do you think? On. We're two homeboys in the hood? Hey, yo, yeah. my brother, my brother. Mark, I don't know you from Jack Squat. Why do you keep well, trying to attach yourself onto me like an appendage? Well, because I admire you. That's why, buddy. Oh, I, so I, now, I, you're, I, whoa, now you're going to blow smoke up my tuchus. You're going to pat me on the back so hard I got to go to a chiropractor's adjustment tomorrow. Man, you're trying every trick in the world to identify yourself with me. Well, listen, I could do a lot worse than that, Curtis. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, now that you uh, opened up that door, what do you mean a lot worse than that? What do you mean well, by that, Mark? In a world, in a world where guys your age and a little bit older are destroying their legacies one after another, you continue, you continue to build yours. Oh, you're stroking me again, man. What do you think? I'm Sid Rosenberg here, Peacock. Now I'm going to let you talk for 20 minutes. Hey, by the way, did you get my book? Did you buy my book, uh, Sid's book? Do you know what Sid's book is? You know what Sid's book is, Mark? 
What? What? Whoa! You don't know Sid's book? Number one bestseller, New York Times this week. Didn't you know that, Mark? Well, now I do. All right, this is what you do, Mark, because you don't sound to me like you're a man of great equity and wealth. When you see Sid Rosenberg's book, steal it. Don't pay for it. (laughs) Steal it. Curtis, I don't know what to do with all these compliments I'm getting from you today. Oh, no, no, just steal the book. Trust me, you can steal anything in New York City. There's no ramifications. There is no consequences. I demand that if you really, if you believe everything you did by blowing smoke up my tuchus, Mark, you will go out and you will steal Sid Rosenberg's book. I'll steal several of them. Yes. Let me get. Let me say what I was going to say. Though, go ahead. Curtis. Go ahead, Mark. Okay. Everybody was saying now with this Abbott, right? Him sending the buses to New York and D.C., what have you? And when he first talked about. I see Mark will be talking for the next two minutes, three minutes to himself. Don't don't, don't do what you do with other talk show hosts and hostesses here by blowing smoke up their tuchus. I, I know what the trick is. You figure you engage them. You know, you, you tell them how great they are, you're wonderful, you're the best, I only listen to you, you alone, you're full of bull feathers. I know the trick. Hey, remember me? I was at the Dominican Parade. There was like 50,000 people there at the Dominican Parade. I'm going to remember this schmuck, Mark. Oh, I told you I'd have my parade, but I forgot my parade. Hey, forget my number, pal. Oh, I hate this. And all, all my fellow colleagues, oh, yeah, and they let them go on and on. You know... I read your book. At that point, you ask him, you did? What do you remember from my book? Tell me now. You know, Q&A him real quick and watch them fold like a cheap camera. Oh, they love to be stroked, especially Sid Rosenberg, right? Hey, if anybody knows Sid Rosenberg's book, the name of the book, by the way, you know, Russo, the godfather, he's the co-writer. You know, he's getting his vig. Oh, yeah, Russo, Frankie Russo. He's uh, right, right? Or is that Frankie Russo? It's Donnie Russo. Frankie Russo, that's that Looney Kazuni from Parts Unknown. I came back and pff, he was gone. See, that's what happens. You think you're better than anyone else like that Frankie Russo. Go, oh, I'm the best. Slee will return from the campaign. Poof, gone. People say, who the hell was that? That's true of anybody in this business. If they disconnected my microphone tomorrow, because they lend you the microphone on any given day, you may show up the next day and they don't give you the microphone back. All of a sudden, people say, oh, I'll never listen to that station again. I'll never listen to it again. A week later, they listen to some other. Stonard at the air, you know, the same thing. Trump is God. Biden sucks. Trump is God. Biden sucks. Oh, enough of that already. Out of there, please say, don't insult me, huh? Oh, I love you. You're the best. You're number one, second to none. Remember me? Uh, 1983 on the corner of Avenue D and 6th Street? No, I don't remember you. But a politician, you know, politicians, oh, yeah, I remember you. I remember we had a conversation. In fact, I sent you a Christmas card. They send generic postcards to everybody. My very dear friend. They don't even know who these people are because, you know what, they just want your money. They want your money. And you go around, you show your friend, look. Rick Lazio, right? He ran against Hillary. He claims he's my very dear friend. You schmuck, you butts. All they want is your scato, your moolah schmoolah, your ducats, your cheddar, your shekels. And at this rate, all they're going to get is your belly button lint.
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Padre, Filium, Spiritu Santo. And earlier today, Cardinal Dolan, you know, with the red skull cap. God, this guy, man, he, he's always laughing. He, he always, he's got that beer belly laugh, you know. <laughs> Come here, illegals. <laughs> Meantime, they got tattoos from MH13 up and down their neck. It says, F you, Americanos, right? <laughs> what would Jesus do? That's what they always loved. That. What? Jesus was an illegal alien. So was Joseph. So was Mary. They weren't permitted to come into the inn. They were in the manger, right? Notice he had three kings schlep all the way from Persia, right? Follow the stars to bestow gifts to the new king of all kings. Amortere, amortere. No, not Latin kings. Knock it off. So there's Cardinal Dolan and all his majesty at St. Patrick's Cathedrals telling the people, look... We must welcome our brothers and sisters from south of the border. Through Catholic charities, we will take care of all their needs. We don't need to know who they are. They don't have to show us paperwork. But let me be perfectly honest with you. The archdiocese is ready to go bankrupt. We're going to have to close a lot of these schools and definitely the churches because on Sundays, the English-speaking mass, you could roll a bowling ball through and not hit anybody but seven widows who are dressed all in black, who recently lost their husbands, their old school. So they come to the Sunday English Mass. They go to Novenas on Monday. They do Stations of the Cross. They'll do it for one year. And then the black comes off, and they're there racing the roof, partying hardy, looking for a new husband. Other than that, nobody shows up for the English-speaking Mass, but all the Spanish-speaking Mass to the rafters. And granted, when the wicker basket goes around five times during one mass, there's only a few pesos that go in, but at least they got bodies, right? That's all this is. It's a numbers game. And so who's got to pay for this? Catholic charities? Where do they get the money from? Federal grants. Who gives the money for the federal grants? We, the sucker taxpayers. By the way, I get the tablet every week. I was reading the message of Cardinal Dolan. And he was talking about being pro-life. He's talking about the battle for the unborn. He's talking about the rights of the illegals who are citizens of this great land of ours, God's greatest gift to all of mankind and womankind and non-binary people and 72 different genders and sexual preferences. And I noticed missing in that message, no message about the lanternfly. The lanternfly who is copulating and fornicating as we speak, this is their mating season. You can tell them as they fly around from windowsill to windowsill, skyscraper to skyscraper, tree to tree, their wings turn red, which means they're in heat. 
And if they don't procreate or fornicate, they will drop dead. And I was looking for a message from Cardinal Dolan to all of us who are conscientious objectors, who are war resistors, who have said no to General Schumer, no to the fact that he was a son of an exterminator on Avenue R in Brooklyn, who has launched a war on the lanternfly because America can't win wars of late. And yet, did the Cardinal side with Chuck Schumer, General Schumer, or did he side with the conscientious objectors led by my wife Nancy and other animal rights activists who have said, we can't kill. Look how gorgeous the lanternflies are. They're God's little creatures. What happened to that message, Cardinal Dolan? And I know there was the wicker basket that went around for the bishop's fund, the cardinal's fund, the school fund, the Vatican's fund, and the fun of all the priests who are still in the rectories who get all the money. Meantime, the nuns live a very pious and chaste life. Hey, I grew up a Roman Catholic, I know. And look, look at all my pigeon friends, and look at all the lanternflies. They're here on the windowsill at WABC. I'm, I'm sort of like St. Francis of Assisi, except I never had the riches and the wealth of St. Francis of Assisi who gave up Every nickel and dime and penny he had on the pursuit, as Mahatma Gandhi said, his uh, monument desecrated twice in the last week. By the way, Eric Adams, Swagger Man, no plan. It's happening all over the city. Mahatma Gandhi said a society that does not take care of its animals or lantern flies is a society that does not care about its people. Look at the homeless. Look at the emotionally disturbed. Notice how I went from the papal message to the tablet, to Mahatma Gandhi. What other program can cover all religious needs? All encapsulated into a message here at WABC, always broadcasting, Curtis. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. You're not leaving 770 AM WABC because if you got your Curtis Jones out, I'm going to give you more. Curtis Lee was so nice, I give it to you twice, three times, four times, five times. The Quinella on the weekend, and I'll be back at 9. The Staten Island Kid coming up, Vinnie Madunio, 5 to 6. And then it's Jersey Joe, not Walcott, but Piscopo, two hours of Frank Sinatra, brought to you courtesy of Ramsey Mazda. Then Dina Martin spinning stacks of wax of Dean Martin, her daddy, who came from Steubenville, Ohio, to make his fame and fortune in New York and L.A., along with Jimmy the Greek Snyder. Imagine a town of 50,000 produced two of these iconic figures. And then so nice, I do it for the fifth time this weekend, 9 to 11. I give you more news that's happening and commentary, and we go right to you, the callers. No guests, please. I don't need to have and hear their process, recycled, same old, same old statements. 
put me to sleep. And then, oh, the most listened to, most requested, most participated of all the hours that I do here at WABC as I finish up the weekend from 11 to 12 with my gorgeous wife, animal rescuer, Nancy. And then the barrier that's between me and that Mama Luke, Frank Morano, who uh, yesterday, if you were listening to the break of dawn, naturally you didn't go to sleep, a man who drinks six martinis a day and is stiff to the wind by 12 noon, with or without olives, we are now promoting uh, LSD, acid, uh, psilocybins uh, for uh, Frank Morano to be able to kick him of his booze habit. It's now become the rage of the country. So we need a guinea pig. No better one than Frank Morano who will be on the rest of the week, one to five until the break of dawn on the other side of midnight. I think that would be a good alternative. Timothy Leary. Dropping acid to get rid of your booze hound habit instead of being a continuation of Spuds McKenzie, right? That's the alternative. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, oh, I love it. I love it. We heard from Jacqueline uh, Carl, our news anchor, about uh, Papa Chulo Joe Biden going to take care of all of us until the day we die from the cradle to the grave as Biden announced his long-awaited student debt forgiveness plan, $300 million And I'm listening to WABC as I do morning, noon, and night. But I cheat on WABC as I've been known to cheat in my life from time to time and pay the price for that, that's for sure. But in cheating and listening to other alternative outlets, the rage, the hubris, the anger, as I heard callers and hosts and hostesses here, you have a legal, contractual, moral obligation to pay back your loans. It's just America's apple pie, mom in the flag. And I'm listening to this. I had a good belly laugh, right? <laughs> what do you think? I'm a schmuck? I'm a punch? Yeah, I'm a high school dropout. Yeah, the Jesuit shine their boots on my backside at Brooklyn Prep. Kicked me out, and I never looked back. Started pumping gas at Rocky Shell Station on Rockaway Parkway and Seaview Avenue. Packed shelves at AMP, and then met my calling. Ray Kroc, the Golden Arches, as I was living in Brownsville on Osborne and Hegeman saying, man, I really effed up my life, right? But oh no, I'm going to be a night manager at Mickey D's as everybody was fleeing the Bronx, which was burning down in the 70s. So I took the number two train to White Plains Road and Allerton Avenue, learned my skills, and then they said to me, you're ready. I said, can I go to Oak Brook, Illinois? Can I finally go to university? No, no, you're special ed, kid. We want you for one reason alone. We want you as our night manager at East Fordham and Webster because they just shot and killed the security guard there and robbed them. And we figured you're the only crazy white boy who would go there. Sign me up. I'm ready. I couldn't make burgers, fries, strawberry shakes. I couldn't care about any of the calculations in which you could have gotten a college degree from McDonald's University in Oak Brook, Illinois, because I followed the Hamburglar, not Ronald McDonald. In fact, that was such a tough McDonald's that Ronald McDonald wouldn't even come there. You know, that's uh, one of the lures that McDonald's has. Oh, we have Ronald McDonald Day. No, uh, at West Fordham Road and, excuse me, at Fordham and Webster Avenue, East Fordham and Webster uh, we had the Hamburglar visit us, and he was high-fiving everybody in the, the, the crowd because he was a hero in the hood. They would have robbed Ronald McDonald at gunpoint just like they would now. So let's square with all of this. I know nothing about nothing about student loans. I didn't rip off the government with a Pell Grant. 
Oh, look at all these guys and gals here. Yeah, Pelgrant, right? Come on. Yeah, that. Oh, man. Right, all of a sudden, you're down on your luck. Some guy comes up to you and says, hey, do you like to go to Apex um, Air Conditioning and Heating Repair, uh, you know, trade school? Uh, what's your name? We could get you a Pell Grant. And don't worry if you take the money and you don't show up. Go out, get yourself a car, get yourself all kinds of apparel. Man, you could be living high off the taxpayers with a Pell Grant. Pell Grants have been the most abused, ripped off of all the student loans imaginable. And don't tell me that's not true, Curtis. They've issued Pell Grants to schools that no longer exist or never existed. All of a sudden, federal inspectors have visited the location of the so-called school in Williamsburg. Hmm. There's supposed to be a school here. It's an empty lot. Where did the $50 million in Pell Grants go? I don't know. Which way did they go? I don't know. I know how this system has been abused because I operate in the underbelly. While all of you talk about, oh, no, what a great program Pell Grants are. And that's exactly what the mindless out of his mind in the fog, as he always is. President Joe Biden was talking about the other day when he said the following, that... $10,000 $10,000 will be forgiven from your normal student loan if you make less than $125,000. If it's a household of two, $250,000, double that by two to $20,000. And if you happen to have been a recipient of the Pell Grants, $20,000 <laughs> is forgiven. And everybody went crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This will be the end of America. America will never be like that again. I listen to a lot of people who are very wealthy individuals uh, on this station as guests and hosts. And they were talking about the faith in the dollar and the currency and the shake of a hand where you shake somebody's hand. And that's a deal will now forever be vanquished. We might as well follow in the footsteps of Willie Sutton, who said who was asked, why do you rob banks, Willie Sutton? Because that's where the money is. You have a legal, a contractual a moral obligation to pay back the loans. (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you about 2008. 2008, when those hedge fund monsters, those big bankers, those pigs, those Hazari on Wall Street, with the subprime mortgage loans that everyone knew would implode, both Democrats supported it, Republicans supported it. The Federal Reserve supported it because they all had their beaks in the trough. And then everything went south. Right? We were on the verge of total economic annihilation. Uh, Bush 43 was missing in action like he always was. You couldn't find him in 2008. Remember, John McCain left the campaign trail. I can't campaign. We're going to collapse fiscally. There was Senator Barack Obama. They were all sitting down trying to figure out this mishigash. And I said, yeah, the pigs on Wall Street just about imploded the world's economy. Who's going to jail? Who's going to pay back? Uh, nobody went to jail. In fact, we found out that they were dipping their beaks in the trough. They were getting loans and not paying any interest on Wall Street. But if you were on Main Street, you took a loan and you had to pay a big vig. Hmm. They held us up like Willie Sutton used to rob banks. That's right, because they were too big to fail. We couldn't hold them accountable because they were too big to fail. 
So what happened to that agreement in America that if you take a loan, you have to pay back a loan, right? So for all those students, like my wife, Nancy, owes over, what, $100,000, went to Brooklyn Law School. She's working two, three jobs. I said, what the hell are you killing yourself for? You'll never pay back that loan. The vid keeps going up and up. It's like when you owe money to the Bonanno or the Gambino crime family. I tell it, don't pay another cent. Did Wall Street pay back any of their money? Hell no. We gave them our money. And then all of a sudden they acted like, oh, you had to. As the Treasury Secretary, Paulson of Goldmine Sachs, notice they all come from Goldmine Sachs, came out. He had three pages in his hand. He said, either agree to this, the bailout of all the Hazari, the pigs, the bandits on Wall Street, the hedge fund monsters. Oh, we will not know America and the world as it is today. Let me, where do I sign? Where do I sign? It doesn't matter because you're good. This is capitalism. Whoa, whoa. Capitalism, you pay your loans back, right? Isn't that sacred in capitalism? You take out a loan, you pay back the loan. What happened to all these pigs? What happened to the $700 billion that the Treasury Department used to save the banks during the financial crash in September of 2008? The total commitment of government was $16.8 trillion with a $4.6 trillion that has been paid. Only $4.6 trillion has been paid on a debt of $16.8 trillion. Where's the money? Oh, now, oh, 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 you're Jay. Oh, J.P. Diamond, you know, Chase. Oh, oh, oh yeah, you know, well, quantitative easing, we survived. What the hell is quantitative easing? The average person said, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, we survived quantitative easing. What do you think? I'm stupid. I'm a high school dropout. But I can see a clear double standard here. We're railing here at WABC. How dare we? You have a legal, a contractual, a moral obligation to pay back the loans. America will falter. America will not be recognizable any longer. I had credit card debt. After 10 years, it disappeared. They ran a credit check on me for the campaign when I was running against Eric Adams. I told the guys, oh, it's going to be bad. I owed a lot of credit card debt. You know, uh, child support, law bills, medical bills. I said, what are you talking about, Curtis? You don't know any debt. I said, who paid my debt? He said, it went away after 10 years. Went away? How the hell did they forgive my multiple credit card debt? This is America. If you're patient enough, if you wait long enough, it goes away. What do you think? I'm a fool. For everybody else, it goes away. And now all of a sudden, everybody's talking about, oh, God. We give one nickel, one dime, one penny to pay back student debt. What about all those who never went to college? All those who never got a graduate degree, a Ph.D., like Curtis Sliwa. Eighty percent of his income goes to child support because of his own mishigash, right? Ain't nobody paying my child support other than my employer, and that's why I have to work so many hours here at ABC, always broadcasting Curtis. We have gone mad. Ladies and gentlemen, do you remember what 2008 was? Bush 43 was hiding. I don't know where he was. Maybe he was doing coke again and drinking. And then all of a sudden, Paulson comes out, has three pages in his You must agree to bail out all my rich friends and the pigs and hazardized that they were that has raped the fiscal system of capitalism with subprime mortgage nonsense that everyone knew would implode. Everybody knew it was a Ponzi scheme. People who were taking the subprime mortgages, who knew that they didn't qualify, knew that eventually this would all implode. But everybody got paid, right? 
Democrats got paid. Republicans got paid. Hedge fund monsters got paid. Wall Street got paid. The big banks got paid. And then when it all went south, we, the middle class, the lower middle class, the upper middle class, it pays all the taxes because the very rich, the very wealthy, they know how to shelter their money. We had to pay the freight. Can anybody tell me the difference and why you're all going crazy over a $10,000 bailout on a student loan that is only going to come back and put the students in the same position within three or five years if they continue to pay their loans? And what was the most massive bailout of loans in the history of America to avoid what we were told was fiscal implosion? Now, wait a second. They created this this fiscal catastrophe. They're the ones who invested in subprime mortgages. They're the ones who knew through insider trading information it was just a matter of time. And I know all of you Met fans are out there. Oh, Steve Cohen, he's the savior, the Mashiach of the Mets. He's an inside trader information thief. That's right, a guy who should have been in jail, but hey, you don't care. He ripped off everybody else's money. doesn't matter as long as the Mets win a World Series, right? Yeah, yeah. Steve Cohen. What a double standard. They were too big to fail. We were in danger of a total collapse. And even though they took out loans, they shouldn't have to pay back their loans. We, the sucker taxpayers, have to pay back their loans. So I'm saying to myself, during that housing bubble... Wall Street was considered the heart and soul of free market capitalism. Mark Levin, free market capitalism, that's right. God damn those socialists and commies. They're under every bed. They're looking at us wherever they are. But wait a second. When they were in danger of total collapse, they fell on their knees as socialists begging the government and taxpayers to bail them out. See, now, you huckleberries here, you hipsters and millennials, you didn't expect that of me because you always say to yourself, how come this guy's a talk show host? He's a high school dropout. What the hell does he know? We were hardworking students. We were graduate students. We're barely able to make ends meet. We're sleeping on mom's Castro convertible in the basement. We can't even afford an apartment of our own, a home of our own. Oh, maybe when we're 86, right? If the country is still around, we'll be able to have a home of our own, the American dream. How is it that this guy, this high school dropout, can figure all of this out? Common sense. All week long. Oh, my God. Well, who's that guy? Steve Moore, right? I listen to his show. My God. We have a legal contractual moral obligation to pay back their loans. Hey, Steve, uh, you're a Wall Street guy, right? Hedge fund monster. You know, you you dabble. You dabble like a lot of these, uh, these big whales do. They dabble. But, oh, boy, when you brought us to our knees because you were pigs, because you went whole hog into subprime mortgage that you knew would implode, you knew we would be there to bail you out because you couldn't pay back your loans. So I dare anybody out there who is ready to call up tax writing. I've worked two, three jobs to pay back my college loans. If I could do it, everybody should do it. How come we don't hold Wall Street accountable, hedge fund monsters How come we don't hold big banks accountable? Why? Because they survive quantitative easing? What the hell is quantitative easing? That's a fake, phony word that gives insulation and protection to the big banks that were nothing more than piranha. Nothing more than piranha. And you know the new wave? 
the Bitcoin bandits, the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers, the blockchain, as uh, Donald Trump said about MS-13, the bad hombres of blockchain. They're next. They're all going to be wanting to be bailed out with our dollars over my dead body. Talk Radio 77 WABC, New York's talk station with the king of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. The FBI in color. The FBI, I've heard so many of you of late say they're political. They're political. Well, guess what? Ever since they've been birthed with J. Edgar Hoover, they've been political all through my life. What's wrong with you people? Pay attention closely. We were brainwashed for 10 years on ABC Sunday nights by J. Edgar Hoover and his boy toy, Clive Tolson, who created this. Quinn Martin, Warner Brothers production, starring Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Yes. Also starring Philip Abbott, Stephen Brooks, with guest stars Telly Savalas, wow. Susan Strasberg, Robert Duvall, Robert Duvall, Robert Drivers, special guest star Walter Pigeon. Walter Pigeon. And Celeste Holm as Flo Clemente. Tonight's episode, The Executioners, Part 1. The Executioners, Part 1. So a whole generation, we were raised on the FBI TV drama starring Ephraim Zimlis Jr. No, he wasn't J. Edgar Hoover. There was only one J. Edgar Hoover. The most corrupt individual who has ever been involved in government, in the history of government, who... Ran his own KGB. We think Vladimir Putin has uh, files on everybody, J. Edgar Hoover, on everybody. And, I, oh, again, I'm listening to WABC morning, noon, and night. Oh, it's so hopelessly politically corrupt. When the hell has the FBI never been politically corrupt? It was J. Edgar Hoover through Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Harry Truman, Dwight Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Richard Nixon, holding them by the small hairs on their cocktail onions because he had files on all of them. In fact, they all feared J. Edgar Hoover. He was the deep state. You know, everybody, deep. he was the deep state, along with the CIA criminals in action. And so now all of a sudden, people, because they raided the house of Michael Baticic. Remember, Rudy Giuliani was more than a year ago. I know because... He was right on the cusp of endorsing me to be mayor of the city of New York in the Republican primary against Fernando Mateo, who I crushed. And people said to me, no, 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 you, you can't have Rudy endorse you. Look, they just raided his house. They took everything. You know, they're going to indict him. He's going to jail. I said, no, 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 no. that's my kumbari cheech. He saved New York. Get the hell out of here. And Rudy endorsed me, and I've been with Rudy and Andrew ever since, right? Even though we disagree politically on a lot of things. No way. Everybody else ran from Rudy, right? Everybody ran from him. Can't taste toxic. Year later, they say, psych, sorry, they gave everything back. 
I thought Rudy was going to be indicted by the FBI, right, through the Justice Department, U.S. Attorney of the Southern District, the very district that he presided over more mobsters choking on their lobsters, the heads of the five families of organized crime, than any other prosecutor in the history of the Department of Justice in the U.S. Attorney's Office. And so now they bum-rush Mar-a-Lago, citizen Donald Trump, and it's political, it's They've always been political. You tell me out there, since their birth, when have they not been political? When have they not been political? How many of you survived Watergate? I I remember Watergate very well. I'm 68 years old. That was the darkest moment in our lifetime of political corruption at the highest levels in the White House, Richard Nixon and his cronies. In fact, it turned out, we found out 30 years after uh, Bernstein and Woodward wrote that uh, All the President's Men and their pieces in the Washington Post, that Deep Throat was actually the former FBI Deputy Director, William Mark Felt. Never trust anybody with three names. Came out right before he died. Everybody said, yes, he was the Deep Throat for all that time. And the FBI was doing its due diligence, the agents. They were investigating, they were questioning everybody involved in the Watergate break-in. And a lot of people, they keep repeating this like parrots without ever studying. Remember, I'm the high school dropout, right? I was brought up, question authority, question authority, never believe what you're told. Go back, do your own homework, do your own deep dive, and come to your own conclusions. You're all free agents out there. You're not in the cult of Donald Trump or the cult of Joe Biden. You are free to make up your own decisions. Don't be in lockstep with anybody. Watergate was a successful break-in. They broke in successfully, and they wiretapped the DNC. They had no reason to do that because Richard Nixon was killing his opponent. The Dove, George McGovern, my first presidential vote, uh, I think he carried one state. I don't even think it was South Dakota. I think it was Massachusetts. Or maybe it was the District of Columbia. Anyway, he got clobbered. Nixon didn't have to do this. G. Gordon Liddy and the CIA uh, officer, E. Howard Hunt, led the plumbers back to the Watergate. They broke in a second time because some of the wiretaps weren't working. And that's when the African-American Washington Metro Police Officer cold busted him. And now you know the rest of the story. So the FBI guys, and they're doing all the questioning of G. Gordon Liddy and E. Howard Hunt and everybody, and they're giving it to the new FBI director who replaced J. Edgar Hoover upon his death because he wanted his boy toy, Clyde Tolson. And Richard Nixon said, you know, after 50 years, enough, enough of this. I'll, I'll put my own guy in, Patrick Ray, who was a political operative. Because when the FBI guys did their investigation and they gave it to uh, Patrick Gray, the FBI director, he gave it to the Attorney General, John Mitchell, first Attorney General ever to go to jail, because then he gave it to President uh, Nixon and all of his cronies, and to White House Counsel John Dean, who spilled the beans on this. So when all of you say the FBI isn't political, they've always been political, and the CIA even worse. By the way, to his credit, maybe the only credit I'll ever give J. Edgar Hoover, who was responsible for creating, if nothing more, the mindset of a gulag, if not a real gulag for his political enemies. Nixon was ordering him, asking J. Edgar Hoover, I need more wiretaps, I need more wiretaps. And finally, J. Edgar Hoover said to Richard Nixon, enough with these wiretaps. 
And then Richard Nixon went around J. Edgar Hoover and ordered the CIA to hinder the FBI investigation. That's why this was the worst political disaster in the history of our lifetime. And I know there are apologists out there for Richard Nixon. Oh, he was misunderstood. Oh, they were jamming him. Yeah, both Republicans and Democrats were jamming him because the evidence was so overwhelming. So can anybody out there tell me, because I noticed nobody responded to my whole diatribe about a double standard, paying student loans and forgiving them and forgiving the pigs on Wall Street, the hedge fund monsters, and those who imploded us back in 2008. Tell me a year that the FBI wasn't political. Can anybody cite a time when they weren't political? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Boy, gee, I, I ask our audience to think for themselves, to be independent and autonomous, not to be lockstep and to be a Trump ed or a Biden ed. You know, think for yourself. You, you're entitled. That's what America is. Don't trust authority. Never trust authority. Always question authority. A nation that doesn't question authority is doomed to become dupes of authority or, unfortunately, clones of authority. And then take a one-way trip to Palookaville, as we have so many times in our history, when we had all faith uh, in the executive office at the White House because we believed the president wouldn't lie. The president would tell us the truth, wouldn't he? Not. It's all about their political game. Joe Biden is giving out our money because he wants to do better in the midterm elections. Isn't that the way everybody does it? The Republicans, look, Trump got elected. He promised a tax break. He gave the tax break. Biden campaigned on this. He was going to forgive student debt. He won. He's forgiven student debt. Everybody, oh, it's outrageous. It's the end of America as we know it. Not. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to uh, Harold in Holliswood. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Harold. Hey, Curtis, it's uh, good to talk with you again. Um, I was actually on hold for quite a while. The last call he had, a guy named Mark, you really lit into him, man. You really lit into him. The guy, just listen, the guy enjoys your show. I understand where you were coming from. You got to ease down, man. You're going to blow a gasket. On wait a second. Level- wait, wait a second. Ease down. That's what quantitative easing is, right? Ease down on the debt of banks. Isn't that what quantitative easing is, Harold? No, I don't even want to do that with you. I got to ask you a pussycat question. Go ahead. I got a feral cat that that got hurt in my backyard. I can't believe I did this for a feral cat. I caught a feral cat in my yard. I've been feeding her for three years in Queens, in Holliswood. She was rumbling with the raccoons in the backyard. She got hurt bad. I took her to the vet. I brought her in the house. She's in pussycat rehab a week and a half. It's almost time to put her back in the yard. Curtis, the cat don't want to leave the house. She's got three hots and a cot. How do I do this? Help me. Now, Harold, uh, I cannot pretend to be the expert. I'm on the periphery, as you know, uh, being married to the number one expert on raising cats both uh, house cats and feral cats. So, Harold, uh, uh, make sure, hipster millennial phone screener there, you don't lose Harold. Get his information. I'm going to have the expert call. It's like uh, Frank Morano on the other side of midnight. 
His wife has cats. He inherited them in the marriage with Rachel. People call him up asking them about their cat problems. He tries to answer them. He knows nothing about nothing about cat. Instead of him saying, you know, I'm going to pass on this information to uh, Nancy Sliwa, Guardian Angel Animal Protection Division. You know, she knows about Frank, you know, pretentious, omnipotent, obstinate. You know, he knows everything. He knows nothing about nothing like all of us in talk radio. We all pretend to be experts. Yeah, I'm an expert. You're an expert. You know what you're an expert on? Ugats, bubkis. It's just because you can talk in a microphone. You have the ability. Other people may not have been given the opportunity, but we all act like, oh, we're experts, self-appointed experts. Listen to me. Frank Morano knows nothing about nothing when it comes to cats, and yet he'll say, oh, uh, this is what I suggest. He's a dog guy. By the way, uh, it was uh, International Doggy Day on Friday. And one of the great things that happened, if, in fact, he crossed his heart and hoped to die, Dr. Fauci, as he said, he's leaving us, the stain that he's left upon us and the for the National Institute of Health for 50 years. He's left a tremendous stain behind. But maybe out of all the outrageous things he did, the most unforgivable of the many unforgivable decisions that he made was to uh, subcontract out torturing beetles to the third world country of uh, demonic torturers uh, in Tunisia. We all saw the pictures. He took American homegrown beetles. He deported them to Tunisia. They put collars around their heads. They put them down on a gurney. We all asked, what is this experiment? Why are we torturing beagles at taxpayers' expense? Dr. Fauci. <laughs> and they allowed these sand fleas to eat away the flesh of the beagles on their face. They tortured, tortured these beagles. For what purpose, Dr. Fauci? Who in this world gave you the right to torture those beagles. So you notice what happened on International Doggy Day. They found 400 beagles in a warehouse that were being experimented on. Apparently, the company went Chapter 11. And the National Institute of Health, through Dr. Fauci, was going to uh, claim that they owned these 400 beagles. I want to salute dog lovers, especially in New Jersey, who came to the rescue in order to keep them away from the evil Dr. Fauci. They adopted them. They fostered them. All 400 beagles have found a home of their own because if they hadn't, Dr. Fauci would have procured them and would have deported them to third world countries to be used for torturous experiments. A pox on you, Dr. Fauci. You never explain that with all your indiscretions for what you did in Wuhan, for your subsidizing that biochemical lab in Wuhan, we know it was with our tax dollars, and you always kept a lid on that. The worst was when you sanctioned torture against those helpless creatures, those beetles. I will never forgive you, and we in America should never forget. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC.
when you listen to Curtis Lewa in my many forms, you will end up getting political vertigo because I don't follow any standard line. I'm independent. I'm autonomous. I think for myself. And I don't trust authority. Never have. Never will. I always question authority. So now we saw that uh, we, the sucker taxpayers, bailed out uh, the hedge fund monsters and the banks in 2008 during the fiscal implosion. Nobody went to jail for that white-collar crime. And now uh, Joe Biden is bailing out some who own student loans. So now there's a chorus of Democrats and Republicans who are saying, what about people who didn't go to college and need help, too? I guess that's me, right? I'm a high school dropout. So everybody wants a handout, right? Well, what happened, right? On the old American tradition, you know, you shake somebody's hand, you make an agreement, you take out a loan, and we forgive loans all the time. I had miraculously credit card debt that disappeared. Hey, you know, we got to do a credit check on you, Curtis, now that you're running for mayor. I said, guys, it's going to be bad. It came back. Wow, your credit is better than most. How could that be? They forgave your credit card debt from 10 years ago. Really? You mean they just wiped it out? It disappeared? Isn't it great to be in America, right? Come on. Look at it. You act like it's the first time it's ever happened, ladies and gentlemen. And now they're all saying, Democrats and Republicans, because it's election time, midterm elections. This is all that this is about. People who didn't go to college, they need help, too. Well, we help the illegals who aren't citizens. We give them free money. We give the hedge fund monsters free money. We're going to give the Bitcoin bandits free money when they belly up. We give those who own student loans free money. Obviously, I owe credit card debt. Somebody had to pay for that. What, does it just disappear? I mean, money, there is no root to money. It's all like a facade. It's like a placebo. It's like monopoly money. Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's uh, Steve calling from Central Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Steve. Hey, Curtis. Curtis, uh, I'm going to give you lots of credit for pointing this last week. You pointed out two, you made two excellent points with the FBI. The problems in the FBI go back 100 years, and not just at the upper echelons, to some questionable tactics used by the rank and file, number one. Number two, the student loan debt forgiveness. I agree. The little guy benefits here as opposed to the big guy that benefited by the Wall Street bailouts. And I was against those two. Having said that, Curtis, you're real good at dwelling on a problem. What's the solution, man? Your message is two wrongs seem to make it right. What's the solution? At what point do we say enough's enough and we the people demand reform and solutions, not fundamental transformation. Go ahead. The question is to you. And if you don't have an answer, this is why you couldn't get elected mayor. Go ahead. No, that's not why I couldn't get elected mayor. I have answers. I don't just uh, point out problems. Uh, FBI directors should not be appointed by the president. Why would you have the top law enforcement person uh, right below uh, the attorney general get appointed by a president when, in fact, he may have to investigate the president and all of his men and women? Like right now with Hunter Biden, would you agree, Steve, that the FBI should have followed up on what Rudy Giuliani and Bernard Carrick provided to them, those two laptops at that fix-it shop outside of Wilmington, Delaware? They did. They never investigated. U.S. Attorney's Office in Pittsburgh, they brought him there, never investigated. Barr was in charge, Attorney General, and the Delaware State Police never investigated. Of course, the FBI is not going to investigate the son of a sitting president. You're aware of that, right, Steve? 
Yes, yes. So you see, um, that that's because the FBI director serves at the leisure of the president. So Ray, who was Trump's choice, by the way, uh, the reference was from Shamu El Hefe, Chris Christie. He was Chris Christie's personal attorney who kept a cell phone in his own safe to prevent it from being used during the Bridgegate trial. That would have answered the question of whether Christie was involved or not. So Ray all of a sudden becomes FBI director. Trump has his fingerprints all over that. He appointed Ray. He appointed Ray. We should not have presidents appointing FBI uh, directors. They should be independent and autonomous. That's number one. Number two, in terms of all these loans, well, you got to figure out who are the beneficiaries, right? The banks are the ones getting the $10,000. It's not the students. It's the big banks again. How did you figure this out? The same banks that support the Democrats through lobbyists and through dark money and through political contributions are the same banks that support Republicans. It's like Donald Trump said, and I'm no Trumper, but Trump, when he was running for president, he said, I donate to everybody because I may have to pick up the phone and it may be a Democrat I need a favor from one day or a Republican, and I want them to know that I was very generous in my support to them, even though I might not agree with anything they said. He was telling the truth. The $10,000 is not going into the pockets of the student. The $10,000 is going to what? Pay off the debt, right? Yes. Who holds the debt? The bank, right. Right. So who's making the money here? Right, the bank. <laughs> right, and notice in three years, it's going to accumulate the VIG, and these students are going to be right back where they are. It's like I told my wife, you owe $100,000. What are you, crazy? You never pay this off until the day you die. You know what? Tell them what Wall Street told them. F you. She said, I can't do that. I said, obviously, I must have done that because I had all this credit card debt that I didn't even know. Just poof, disappeared. Steve. This is a miracle. I'm saddled with all this credit card debt. They do a background check on me to run for mayor. You know, internally, you do your own check on your own candidate because your candidate's always going to lie. That's why you investigate the candidate first before you investigate the adversary. And they told me, you got no more credit card. I said, look, I got all the paperwork here. Look at all the money. Gone. Who paid for that, Steve? The taxpayer. I know. The taxpayer. Well, right. So the point is is that the ones who always get paid are the banks because they've survived quantitative easing. What the hell does that mean? And, you know, citizens, oh, you know, they survived quantitative easing. Yeah, Chase uh, survived that. Oh, oh, yeah. Which was that bank? Think of that bank that was giving out all of those loans, those bogus loans. They should have all gone to jail. Which bank was that? Do you remember, Steve? Was that who, who? Was that Goldmine Sachs, was it? Uh, no, Goldmine, what they do is they sell you. You're the customer, Steve. You come in all of us. We're very happy to have your business. Steve, how much would you like to invest in this stock? You say, oh, let's try 100000 The moment you walk out the door, they short the stock. So they get you coming and they get you going. It's a Ponzi scheme. I apologize for that wrong answer. No, 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 no. But think of it. I want somebody out there to tell me which major banking institution that we bailed out got caught with their pants down for all illegal loans that they benefited from, and all they had to do was pay a fine. Notice they all pay a fine. All they do, they never go to jail. 
They'd pay fine. Wouldn't that be great? I just killed somebody. Is it okay if I pay a fine? I, I have some money here. You know, rather than due time, it's going to cost you money. Three hots in a cot, free optical, free dental, free trips to the law library to file my appeal, uh, building up my muscles, my, my slats, you know, a taxpayer's expense. How about I just give you a million dollars? I killed this guy. I hated this SOB. I give you a million dollars, okay? You actually come out ahead on the deal because this guy was like, the worst in society. I did everybody a favor. Oh, let's make a deal. What do you think, Steve? Yeah. I, let me just I, – I want to correct you on something. The, the government took over the student loan, you know, uh, the student loan debt thing in 2010. But you're right. The, a big bank was printing the money out of thin air, the Federal Reserve Bank. And who, who gets stuck holding the bag with that? Ultimately, the taxpayer. You're notice, right. Notice, so, what, were the, what were those loans called? The student loans. Remember what the student loans were called? Which government agency came up, <laughs> swallowed them all up? Well, even before 2010, they were called guaranteed government student right. loans. So the taxpayer was always on the hook. You're right. But now I call it the Mac Daddy loans. Now, connect the dots. Some of you, you can't out there. Oh, you have graduate degree, degrees, PhDs. What federal agency that I just renamed the Mac Daddy Federal Agency for Student Loans is now responsible with your tax dollars for bailing out student loans, which will only go into the pockets of the banks? We call it the Mac Daddy Loans. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. In the news, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, was not in the boardwalk where five got shot, one died last night. As the uh, urban warfare continues between the homies uh, and the homegirls. Meantime, our mayor's all upset that the... um, the mural to Biggie Smalls was desecrated. So uh, we're, we're going to find whoever did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they're worried about consequences in New York City. By the way, uh, because we are so gender specific of late, I object to the fact that these federal student loans are called Sally Mae, right? We have to have one for the XX chromosomes and the one for the XY chromosomes because that's the only way I can understand it. XX, it's Sally Mae. XY, it's Mac Daddy loans because uh, you're a Mac Daddy. See, nobody figured that out. Hey, look, with 72 different gender identifications, 72 different forms of sexuality, you can be whatever you want at any point of the given moment or hour or day of the week or the month or the year. It's all about how you feel at that morning, at that moment. Anyway, let's go to Stan, who's calling all the way from Key West, Florida. Man, that's about as far south as you can go. Uh, how are you listening to us, Stan? 
Well, I'm listening to you on the app, and it's not Stan. It's Dan. Oh, Dan. I'm sorry. One of these hipsters and millennials had all the wax in their yeah, ears. And I spoke, I've spoken to you before you know, overnight, but to answer your question, it was Bank of America that was forced to take over countrywide. And then the government turned around and fined Bank of America for the uh, things that Countrywide did. I know this firsthand. Trust me. All right. Well, that was one of them. But that's not the main one. In fact, let me give you another tip. When you go to San Francisco and you avoid getting shook down by the emotionally disturbed and the dope fiends shooting up drugs on mission, tenderloin, lower tenderloin, there's this huge building high in the sky that's part of their skyline that's owned by a particular bank that's synonymous with the West Coast. You know what that is? Wells Fargo. That's right. Now, what were the illegal loans that Wells Fargo benefited from and they never went to jail for it? Well, that, you're a better man than me because I can't tell you. Ah, you see? Billions of dollars. You see, somebody walks up to you in a Wells Fargo ATM or Bank of America ATM, let's say they put a bar of Irish spring in your back, pretend that it's a gun, and rob you. That's a serious crime. They should do time. But white-collar criminals at Wells Fargo rob us for billions of dollars and nobody goes to jail? Does that make sense, Sam? Absolutely not. But uh, that's part of the capitalistic system. Uh, Look at Neil Bush. Neil Bush never went to jail. Right. Well, no, no, no doubt. But that's not part of the capitalistic system. That's part of the crony system. You scratch my belly, I scratch yours. It's not part of capitalism. That was a white-collar crime. They wrote out... Illegal loans, they admitted it, nobody went to jail. They paid a fine. Oh, wow, like I said, if I kill somebody, I, I got a million dollars. How about I give you a million? You're, you benefit. The taxpayers benefit. Why pay for me to go to jail? This guy was an enemy of society. I did you all a favor, right? I'm a bad guy. He's a bad guy. What do you care? You made a million dollars. It may eventually get to that point. Let's go to William in Westchester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, William. Hey, Curtis, how you doing? Um, you're a righteous guy, but I think you're making a lot. I'm echoing what another caller said. You're making two wrongs, three wrongs, four wrongs, make a right kind of arguments here. Well, why is that, William? Well, uh, you're saying it's okay for student loans uh, to be forgiven and exonerated because uh, the government's forgiven other Add loans, but that's just the two wrongs uh, make a right. Well, 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 wait. Well, why does the middle class student, the lower middle class student, why do they get vilified when we gave a free pass to the hedge fund monsters, the CEOs of banks, the economic entities on Wall Street who almost destroyed capitalism in 2008? Why do they get a pass? Well, not, not vilifying the students. I'm just saying it's a bad it's a bad policy to, to forgive loans when people took out loans exactly knowing what they're doing. This is just this is just a, a buy votes policy well, by well, Biden. Well, I mean, well, when, is, when has politics ever not been a buy votes policy? Come on, he he campaigned on this, didn't he, William? He did, and I don't I'm not a fan of did, Biden. Did, did, did Trump did Trump campaign on the fact that he would lower taxes for the rich and the middle class? Yeah, but that's what you're comparing apples to oranges. Uh, how, how is that? It's still money. Well, yeah, but taxes are, you know, someone's earning money rightfully, uh, legally, 
and you lower their taxes, that's not, I wouldn't consider that wrong. That's yeah, but meantime, the debt and the deficit have soared. Someone's going to have to pay for all of this, and it ain't going to be our generation, is it, William? Well, we all pay for it, but when you forgive debts, then you're just burying future generations even more. I mean, oh, this, oh so this debt, student debt, is more important than the debt of the hedge fund monsters, my credit card debt that just went away, William. It went away. It disappeared after 10 years. Why? I don't know why. But I mean, you're kind of making these strong, like, one has nothing to do with the other. Yes, yes, it's all synergistic. It's all, it's all about money. And it's a question of whose side are you on. In this case, it's Biden wanting to score political points. In other cases, it's Republicans wanting to score political points. It's all about the most important facet of capitalism. Show me the money! Remember that famous moment... Tom Cruise, show me the money. Show me the money. That's what capitalism is about. Can I make another quick point? Um, I I wish you could, but I'll be back in nine, William. Feel free to catch me on the backhand side. Up next, the Staten Island Kid. That's why I play Coney Island, baby. That's more his kind of music, doo-wop and acapella. Uh, That's Vinnie Madugno, followed by uh, Jersey Joe, now Walcott. But Piscopo, the Sinatra, two hours. Then it's Dina Martin with Dean Martin Classics. And then it's back all over again. So whatever conversation we have between 3 and 5, we can flip it on the backhand side from 9 to 12 when I finish my Quinella. Where WABC stands for always broadcasting Curtis. (laughs) 